Thank you all for tuning in to the Your Edge podcast. I'm Therese Van Ryn, Global Director of Public Relations at Zebra Technologies, and I'm happy to welcome you to a very special episode of the Your Edge podcast. August 15th marks the 30-year anniversary of Zebra's initial public offering. So we thought it would be fun to celebrate how far we've come these past three decades by pulling out our crystal ball and looking 30 years into the future. Here to help me do this is Chip Yeager, Vice President of Corporate Strategy. Thanks so much for joining us today, Chip. Well, thanks for having me, Therese. This is, uh, this is going to be fun. I think so, too. Let's get started. You know, it's hard to believe Zebra has been a public company for 30 years already and mm-hmm. how much the company has changed in that time. I was just reflecting on the past 36 months the other day, and wow, there have been so many acquisitions, so much growth. We've really evolved our enterprise asset intelligence vision and made great progress toward achieving it. Wouldn't you agree? I, I totally would. Um I don't know about you, but like, you know, having joined from Motorola and, and when we came aboard and I remember the first time that they were having the leadership group together and they, they kind of brought out this concept of enterprise asset intelligence. And I thought at the time, I'm not sure I get that. You know, I, I think that it, it sounds interesting, but I don't know exactly what it means. And you look and, and there was a really great, um, insight that was at the root of that, that, you know, that customers are going to be doing more and more things at the edge, that, that you know, the activity, that the exciting place to be playing from a technology standpoint was not in the centralized systems of customers anymore, but it was going to be at that operational edge, that front line. And that insight, I think, was brilliant. And now, uh, you know, when you think about what we've been through the past 12 months, uh, 18 months with COVID and how that has driven all of that activity and investment to the edge. I mean, that was a brilliant um, concept and has driven so much of, of the success, I think, that, that we've seen recently. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Chip, I know you weren't with Zebra at the time of the IPO, but you were mm-hmm. in the tech industry. Very young, of course, right? I'm wondering, <laughs> were you familiar with Zebra back then? And if so, what do you remember about the company? Uh, no, um, I was not, honestly. I was a, uh, a sales guy, uh, hawking bag phones for Motorola down in South Texas. So I, uh, <laughs> I had no, no co- concept of Zebra at the time. I do remember kind of running across the brand though on occasion with the old logo. And it was, you know, you'd see it in kind of manufacturing facilities and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember that, um, that the the first kind of like real introduction I got was when I came aboard to within Motorola to the enterprise group, because originally I wasn't there and it took me a while to get there. But um, when I did, I remember repeatedly hearing about Zebra as just the one of the best partners that that uh, Motorola slash symbol had had historically. And so I, I think I just always had this really positive uh association with zebra from what i had whatever whenever i came across it sure sure though it's only been seven years since you and i both joined zebra nation via the motorola solutions enterprise acquisition 
it feels like it's been ages considering how much the company's grown, like we said, and how much technology overall has matured. I'll tell you what, I still remember when we were coming together, right, and, and visiting mm-hmm. some of the Libra facilities and, and starting to get integrated and collaborating together. How easy or difficult has your job been since then? And do you feel like we're still on the same trajectory we were at the time of the Motorola Solutions acquisition? Um, you know, in a, we're in a much faster trajectory, a much different trajectory than we were at the beginning. I mean, if you can put yourself in the shoes and I, I've gotten you know more insight being at the corporate strategy level, but you hear the stories of the way that uh, Zebra leadership was looking at um, the acquisition and the dynamics around that at the time. And they said, you know, the number one thing we got to do is we've got to get EMC mobile computing selling and you know it was kind of uh not doing all that well at the time uh mm-hmm. that the acquisition went through and of course you know partly markets and partly mobile computing was a really good healthy business it was just kind of a, a number of things and partly that zebra got things really turned around right and the go to market really worked so so many things turned around and once we had the uh you know the DCS and the EMC businesses working really well with SPG now ATS you know, and those things kind of clicking along, that's when we could really turn and, and go after the solutions and software business. And I, I think now that trajectory has gone from, you know, a great core business to now becoming a great software and solutions business. This concept was always there. This whole concept was right there at the beginning of enterprise asset intelligence. It just feels like now we've got the bandwidth and the um a, you know the 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 right folks and the time and the effort and the the attention to put towards executing that and and the world is ready for it right that's exactly right chip what informs strategy changes how do we decide where to hang our hat for example i i know we're very customer driven but even customers aren't always sure which direction they should head when looking at their own roadmaps Mm, yeah, I, there is no real simple answer to that. I can tell you strategy starts, good strategy starts with a core insight that companies have, an insight that they have that they can do something, that they have an insight on where the world is going, and then uh, and then driving to be the provider of the solutions that are in, you know, that are going to be needed. And we had this insight of, the world is moving from a system of record to a system of reality concept. And we taught each other what this concept was of system of reality, but now it's very much in, in our customers vernacular and they get exactly what we're talking about there. They know that, you know, planning in a retail environment using historical, what did I sell last year has nothing to do with what they're going to sell tomorrow with the dynamics of e-commerce and omni-channel dynamics. They have to react so much faster and they need to have uh, real-time insights to make that happen. So we had the insight that kind of drove strategically uh, each acquisition that we would make, each new uh, solution that we would develop, you know, smart site and smart lens and motion works and these kinds of solutions were all really developed. Even Savannah was developed out of the need to harness real time data, put
put it to work and create a system of reality. So I think strategically, we've been on that kind of path for a long time. The world is now really focused in that same area with us. And we have, uh, you know, customers that are speaking that same language back to us. And to us, I think that um, that tells us we're in the right place. That tells us that, you know, the direction we set out originally was was absolutely right. We just need to keep accelerating. Right. Chip, Zebra's stock price recently hit a record high, which was a long way from our IPO price of $3.44 per share and far higher than where we were in March 2019 when we were celebrating a then record high of 219.39. And we've repeatedly exceeded Wall Street's expectation even during the pandemic. What do you credit Zebra's success as a company with? Um, well, I can give you a couple answers here. Um, first of all, if you talk to investors um, and you say, what is driving Zebra's stock price? They'll tell you three things are driving it. The first is investors, the com, you know, investor community looks at our company and says the growth prospects of Zebra have never been better. You know, mm-hmm. from a core dynamics, uh, from a core business perspective, customers want our core product because they need to make the investments into their front line. They need to drive more productivity out of the folks that are, are, are working there. And our products do that better than anybody's. But it also dry is because of the solutions that we're offering. And, you know, they see the places we're investing in the new space and the, you know, the products and solutions, software that we're offering, you know, things like reflexes, task management has only become more important. You know, prescriptive analytics has only become more important. So they, they look and say, you're in great position from that. The second thing is that we've executed as a company amazingly well. I mean, you think about what our sales teams have done, driving our sales to the you know incredible year over year growth. And the supply chain has done amazing things to deliver on that and get the products out the door with great quality. And so we have this excellent reputation. But when we go into each earnings meeting and go, you know what, we told you we were going to do this. We actually did something better than that, and we're raising the expectations for next. That they call that a beat and raise. We are doing that quarter after quarter, and that means that people can trust the leadership team and the operations, the folks that run Zebra to to execute well. And the third reason why our stock is doing so well is that the new places that we're investing, the new acquisitions we've made, the new businesses we've entered are what we call very high category power businesses. Things like machine vision and retail software as a service and automation are places that companies that offer those products, they get what, you know, they get very high multiples on their earnings. They get, those are very highly valued by investors. And so that is, you know, all those things combined to make us a fast, fast rising stock. Mm-hmm. Absolutely agree. Chip, I'm a huge Disney fan, so I want (laughs) to take a little trip to Epcot for a minute, if you'll humor me. Let's Mm -hmm. pretend Zebra Nation was invited to go in and design the next iteration of Tomorrowland, another Disney property. What would that look like? 
how does Zebra envision life for its customers and consumers 30 years from now? I realize this is pure speculation, but based on our current vision, what do you think that might be? 30 years is well beyond my headlights, too. I will tell you that. <laughs> I mean, I was, you know, you, you kind of went back to I started with Motorola in uh, in 91. And the, the first cell phone that I ever got was a big ultra classic that you could stand on your desk with the the antenna sticking up. And I've held on to that phone um, and. I keep this whole lineup of cell phones in my office and I do it because it reminds me of how fast technology changes and what you think is amazing at one year. You know, five years later, you look back and go, who would carry that? Who would possibly, you know, use that nowadays? It just and so 30 years is well beyond my ability to to estimate. I. I do think, though, that there are a few core things that, that as a company, we believe. I mean, we believe that people will be part of the solution on the front lines for, you know, the next 30 years and beyond, that it will never go in that time period to a full automation. It's just robots every place. Get rid of all the people. There are some things that when we talk about the ways that we work with retail and healthcare and in in the logistics business that people just do amazingly well and we think that the right work answer in the world is always going to be a combination of uh people and intelligent automation and so we're investing we continue to invest in how we can drive productivity at the people level and the worker level. And we continue to invest in this intelligent automation concept because we really think that combination is where it's going to be. Now, what it looks like, Therese, I cannot tell you. And I wouldn't even, I, it would be embarrassing for me to guess, but uh, I think if we're investing in the right places, we'll be ready for it when it comes. Right. Good answer. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I skirted to that say. one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. You've been trained well. <laughs> yeah. Well, Chip, I can't wait to see what Zebra Nation looks like in 30 years. And if anyone from Disney is listening, we're happy to collaborate with the Imagineering team on the Tomorrowland update happening now. <laughs> in all seriousness, though, Chip, thank you for everything you're doing to help drive the company forth and set us on the right path for the future. I feel very fortunate to have a front row seat at Zebra, and our partners and customers are continuing to make history with us together. So thank you again. Of course. Thank you for having me on here. And thanks for, you know, providing this way that we can have these conversations and dialogues out there. And I hope that, you know, people feel comfortable after hearing these of reaching out and going, hey, you're crazy. You should, you know, think about something else or whatever. I mean, we're the type of company that can generate these conversations, but it's great when we have a way like this that we can get uh, a lot of people up to speed on where we're thinking. Absolutely. Wonderful. Thank you, Chip. And we also want to thank our audience for tuning in today. You can learn more about Zebra's current vision and strategy, as well as the steps we're taking to help our customers prepare for their next 30 years by visiting the Your Edge blog. I'm Therese Van Ryn, signing off until next time.